0: The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the
1: hour of action. It's time for the John DiPietro Show. Here on News Talk, WNRI, 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM.
2: He's a special kind of sentinel.
1: Mr. DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. The power hours arrive. Hello, Joe Healy. Good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It's Juan. It's John DePietro. This portion of our program is watched by K's. Remember, it's lunch, dinner, drinks alone. Stop by K's. They're waiting for you. Well, folks, uh, former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg was in Providence this morning. Very significant. He received his first significant endorsement, and it was from Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. What makes it very significant is the fact that as many people, as you know, she held the post as um, chair of the the National Democrat Government Association. Joining us right now, he was there. I believe he got a one-on-one with Mike Bloomberg and say good afternoon for the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. Good afternoon, Dan good afternoon John how are you you tell me how was it take us inside that event <laughs> yeah I mean
2: look they had a great they had a great crowd they were at the Wexford building which as you know the globe has an office in uh, on the third floor and so they were in the second floor area uh pretty open public space and
1: uh, is that what you yeah, do yeah, your road is that what you do your uh, roadmap li- road trip live th- that's exactly right roadmap we block, do we yeah. do yep, we do roadmap live there. We actually
2: open it up a little more, so it's a it, sort of a larger room. What they did was kind of close off half the room. Uh, which, you know, this is a campaign tactic. They, they looked like they filled the room sure. uh, very well. They, they must have had 150 people there. Uh, lots of interesting, you know, a lot of business leaders. I saw Mark Crisofoli from Twin River there. You saw Joe Palino in the room. Um, so you saw a lot of the kind of the, the players who uh, like to be around Governor Raimondo. And, 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 you know, you'd have to imagine that uh, they were, many of those folks were asked, to be in the room, uh, I'll tell you they put this together very quickly. My understanding is they they had about 24 hours notice to be able to to pack that room. And what you had was your very typical campaign rally. The governor came on, and you know when you pack the room with kind of mostly people who support you, it's a very comfortable room. It's a you know it's generally a very pro. Uh, Raimondo, and, and then pro Bloomberg room, and, and and Bloomberg gave the the very kind of the, the typical stump speech that you're hearing from him, which is, you know, I'm a doer, I get things done, I was a, an effective mayor in in New York, and you know, a lot of these other Democratic candidates have never really run anything. I think I'm the best person to take on Donald Trump. Uh, what's very interesting about this, John, is I think you and I talked about it. We I wasn't totally surprised that the governor uh, was willing to endorse uh, Mike Bloomberg. They've been close for a long time they have just a personal relationship what's interesting is a day or two after the debacle in iowa for her to jump right on board become the first governor to endorse him uh you know she didn't have to do it right now she could have waited she could have waited to see where joe biden ends up after new hampshire she wanted to be the first she told me i actually sat down with her and mike bloomberg afterwards and uh and she said she wanted to be the first governor to endorse him and she she intends to now co-chair his campaign uh she says she'll travel uh for him if he if he needs it remember she does need to raise any money for him because he's personally you know, self-funding it. So it's more about kind of being a, a surrogate.
1: You know, th- this is um, <clears throat> I-, I am actually surprised because most of the time they hedge their bets. They hold back. Uh, former Vice President Biden did come into town more yep. than one occasion for her. he came in when she kicked off roadworks. I think it's I think it's actually a very smart political gamble by Governor Mundo, who is surveying the scene. She's never going to be with Bernie Sanders. She, when you did an end-of-year interview with her, she even said he's a socialist. Right? Uh, for different reasons, she's not on board with Mayor Pete, for whatever reason. She said she finds him smart. I, she may have, I don't remember if she met him when he came to town, but the Bloomberg thing, Dan McGowan, is really interesting because... Um, the fact that she's going to be national campaign co-chair, that is very valuable. You don't, she, And you don't have to waste your money, time raising money, which a lot of times you do with that stuff, because he has so much money. This is really all about her getting out there, networking, meeting people, meeting all of his staffers and meeting all his, his rich friends that gravitate towards a guy like Mike Bloomberg.
2: A hundred percent, John. And remember, you know, I think you're probably, you have listeners who are, you know, driving off the road when they, when they hear this and they say, boy, she's so unpopular here. Remember, she has a big profile nationally. She's a darling of the New York Times and the Washington Post. And when you're, you know, if you're traveling somewhere else in the country, let's say the, the, you know, uh, uh, Midwest or out West, what what folks are gonna know about her is she's a sitting governor who's gonna talk about how, you know, this is a guy who can get things done. She's a mo- she's very much a moderate despite what some people think here. Um, and, and she's certainly, you know, moderate compared to an Elizabeth Warren or a Bernie Sanders. Right. She made it very she made it very clear that that she does not think and, and Mike Bloomberg said this again to me today, they do not think that, that a Bernie Sanders can defeat Donald Trump, and they're looking at New Hampshire polls. The Globe had a poll this week. He's up six per, uh, percentage points against uh, Biden in New Hampshire. He's going to come out at worst in second place in uh, in Iowa, and, and you know he's going to be able to claim victory because he got the most votes, or looks like he may have gotten the most votes from it. Uh, and so, you know, here's a guy who, who potentially is surging, and uh, and you heard last night. I'm sure you've already been talking about this today. Uh, Donald Trump made made no bones about it last night. He is going to target this idea that the Democrats are running socialists. Uh, for president yep. and that the, the, the contrast is hey, four more years of me, you get a good economy, fine, you don't like my tweets or you don't like how I act well, the alternative is someone who wants to take the country you know, in the exact opposite direction and I think that message res- uh, resonates with a lot of people.
1: And Dan McGowan it's not lost on me though that just, you know, the beginning of the year, you did a, 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 you did the forum in this very room With uh, Nick Mattiello, Speaker Mattiello, and Senate President Dominic Roggerio, and it was—I think it was January fifteenth, right around there. I think it was. That's right. And that was exactly the night that Tim White, your former colleague, broke the story about the convention center. You open up the room, and so basically, your Roadmap Live was able to attract more people than the Mayor Mike Bloomberg event today. Well, you
2: know, it's funny. I, I didn't think about that. Uh, I, I, I suppose yes, you could
1: you could make that argument. Yeah, someone um, just put uh, the, the 150 people in the room. So Yeah, and we, we had we had we had 250 on our 250. end. 250. So, yeah. so I mean, I think that says something only because the larger part. I go back to 20. 2016 when when they had 500 at that high school gym uh, the the gym yeah. and the uh, in central falls for hillary clinton and, and half of them of 500 were wearing luna shirts labors international bernie sanders had 9,000 people at roger's park temple of music i i think that that says something that neither one of them can really attract a crowd neither mike bloomberg or governor amundo other than he does have the money but go ahead well, that's you
2: know what it's it's actually a very reasonable point, and I, and I think uh, that don't let's make no mistake about it. Uh, it would be a stunner if if Mike Bloomberg wins Rhode Island in this race. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders won by double digits last time. Uh, I would imagine he's the odds-on favorite here, presuming everything kind of goes the way it is already. It appears to be going. Um, this is not about a Rhode Island statement. I, I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. And I don't think Mike Bloomberg would have been here just to kind of, oh, you know, he announced that he's going to kick off and open. I think two, uh, two offices here in Rhode Island. But that's that happens all the time. Uh, this was about getting the first governor on board on your campaign, and yes. this was trying to send that message nationally. Because you're right. This is not a. This is not going to be a massive uh, operation here in Rhode Island where where somehow Bloomberg is going to you know. Run away with with a primary. I, at least it doesn't appear that way. No,
1: and Dean, you know what else? And um, so you believe this came together rather quickly. I, I think it. I wonder if this is that she she saw enough after Iowa. She's not with anyone else in the field. I mean, she. They, they, you know, they've known each other. They obviously know each other and got to know each other. This is. I. I think this is a very calculated smart move by Governor Amundo, because if if your national campaign co-chair, which I, I think you can even negotiate. I mean, someone told me that she negotiated that in order for, that's what she wanted in order to get the endorsement but i think we start to see her pop up on hardball on cnn on Morning joe this this puts governor gina raimondo out there you have your bloomberg talking points she is a governor she is a female she's the first one out of the box uh i think this is a very smart calculated political risk with very I, i don't even see the downside for gina raimondo
2: No, I don't either. I mean, look, I I suppose what's the the worst case scenario is Bernie Sanders pummels the field, becomes the president, and she's here for two years with a Democratic governor or a a Democratic president who doesn't like her. She's she's never with him anyway. That's right. She's never with him anyway. That's exactly right. I think, um, you know, I think this is a blow to Joe Biden, oh, yeah, uh, it is. Who, you know, who, who, like you said, came here, who, um, you know, who, who the governor even today said she really likes Joe. But, look, he, you know, he got pummeled in Iowa. Uh, I know he's second right now in our poll in New Hampshire, but that campaign does not seem to be holding on. And if you watch any of that coverage of the Iowa caucuses, I mean, boy, they kept on going to different sites, and, and you'd see five, six people for Bloomberg and 50 for everybody, you know, for yes. the others, uh, or for Biden, excuse me. And so, you know, I think this is a real, a real dent there. And look, the governor, if you're, if you're just thinking about it strategically, if she endorses Joe Biden, she's just like everybody else, right? Yes, right. And the, the, he has the establishment very much behind him. That would be the, the easiest thing to do. I think you're right. I, I actually asked her about this. I said, hey, you know, when did you really make this decision? And she said, you know, I was re- I truly was trying to stay out of it last year because she was running the DGA, but she said she stayed in contact with, uh, with Mike. And then once she was done running the Democratic Governors Association, she said she knew pretty quickly that she really wanted to endorse him. Um, and so I think I think you're right. I think it's possible that they maybe negotiated what she can do. And you just nailed it. I said before, you know, maybe she travels around a lot. She acknowledged she might do that. This is more about the national shows. This is, is a, a a potentially kind of fresh faced woman who can come on and speak, you know, uh, be very moderate. You know, the message today from, from Mike Bloomberg was everybody else promises things. I actually get them done. That's the message that he's trying to deliver uh, while President Trump, uh, you know, is delivering, right? I mean, if you look at what he's doing and the, the, kind of the, the statistics he was rattling off last night, I mean, that was a, that was a State of the Union that uh, I think really rallied in, in his base in, in an extremely uh, smart
1: and, and talented way. It did. And Dan, and just and again, folks, good afternoon, uh, Dan McGown of the Boston Globe. In, in talking about just the Democrat primary, um, I mean, look how extreme it is. You had John Kerry overheard over the weekend saying, you yeah. know, somebody's got to jump in to stop because because they feel Bernie Sanders is taking over the party and Biden is not going to stop him. And Mayor Pete, as well as he's doing, and I think Mayor Pete is going to surge higher and higher and, and Biden is going to fall. Um, but but Sanders is out there. Bloomberg is, is looming. He, his numbers are going up uh, March 4th. I mean, that's really going to be the showdown of Super Tuesday. But if you're Governor Gina Raimondo, you're never with Bernie. Um, she does have – she was the head of the National Democrat Governor Association. That means something. But what yep. is – I think, Dan McGowan, what is invaluable is – and I give Congressman Cicilline a lot of credit for this. Is And you know in dealing with people, the only way you get really good – and, um, and, and and polish in handling the media is you have to do it. And right. this will give her the platform, as I said, of Rachel Maddow, of Morning Joe, of CNN, of all these different things. <clears throat> as national co-chair, you're doing interviews with... Radio stations in you know, North Carolina, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, and all the swing states, they, they can't always have him. Uh, but someone told me last night, and they were predicting this, um, they said the beauty of this is most of the time when you're a national co-chair, the first thing they say is, you have to go out and raise this amount of money. That- you got to do that. She doesn't have to do any I mean, this is actually... The best gig out there, because it's really you lend your name, and then she gets to do all this free TV, free media. You get better at it. You make connections. Dan McGowan, she's going to be – you know, this is interesting. She she now is governor of Rhode Island, plus she's involved with the PACs in these different states for field operations, and now she's national co-chair of the Bloomberg campaign. Now she's got, like, three jobs going.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a significant thing. And, you know, I, I asked, and, of course – you know, leads to that speculation. Is there a chance that that you'll be the vice presidential camp, uh, nominee? And I made the the crap, just the worst mistake that you know about this as a reporter, where I, I allowed someone to half answer a question and then move to something else. And what Mike Bloomberg basically started to say was, "I think she would be a great <laughs> vice president," but he he trailed off and just said, "You know, I, I the only person I want is someone who can do the job from day one." But she was refer- he was referring to her. Yes. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be you're going to see that speculation now that's a long ways away there's going to be lots of reasons why there will be plenty of choices if he is in fact the democratic nominee but getting in first you're right getting those reps and showing that you have an ability on a national stage to uh you know to punch and counterpunch use david cicellini as a great example there's a guy who is as liberal as the day is long but is more than willing to go on tucker carlson to go on fox yeah. and joust with people he oh, yeah. enjoys it <laughs>
1: And you get better and, and, at it. You know what else is, get is interesting, Dan McGowan, is with, you know, Governor Armando went out of her way, you know, first female governor. And the essay contest for the state is is all, you know, young girls, governor for the yep. day, that type of thing. Now, let, let's look at the field right now. You, you have Elizabeth Warren, and uh, Governor Mundo's not with her. But the other one that I think is interesting that I think Governor Armando sizes up as her competition, and that is the moderate. She is not with Senator Amy Klobuchar, uh, who, who is the moderate. Woman who who came out of Iowa and is now in New Hampshire, and I I find it interesting. Ramundo is not with her.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a really good question. My guess is. You know, the truth is, Amy Klobuchar, other than getting the co-endorsement from the New York Times, uh, you know, has not been able to really show. I mean, what what I think she hoped to do was kind of grab the mantle away from Joe Biden. Yes. Uh, what, what we see coming out of Iowa is that that clearly did not happen. In fact, if anything, Pete Buttigieg is probably the guy who's trying right. to say yes. that he, he did it. Um, I, I think there's no real direct connection between the governor and, and Pete Buttigieg other than maybe some some you know staffers of hers him, sure, and then with, with with Senator Klobuchar, I think they just I think she Bloomberg got to her first, she knew Bloomberg, yeah. and I think she really does see this as you know you 're going to come out of those early states heading into super Tuesday, and there 's a chance. That this could look like it's all over for Joe, uh, for um, Bernie Sanders going into Super Tuesday. It could look like he, you know, he's the the overwhelming favorite, and she wants to bring it back to you know having a moderate on the day that the most delegates are, are you know, are won, um, and he will be the kind of the person that emerges when the dust clears.
1: Yeah. No, I think you're right. I just think she, I think she views Klobuchar as. As her competition. she's sure. Amy Klobuchar is the moderate woman who holds office. She has to be a senator, and Governor Raimondo is the governor. But you don't go on with Amy. You know, I'm just saying you would think that the woman goes with the woman, and, and it's not happening here. I think the Bloomberg thing is a good move. Um, and, and Dan McGowan, I want to just touch on, I think it's interesting The Boston Globe today has an editorial, like, enough already. This thing of Iowa... We, we have to get rid of the Iowa caucus and even the fact that New Hampshire is coming up in less than a week next Tuesday. The Boston Globe has an editorial. It, it's time to come up with a better system than having those as the first two contests.
2: Yeah, this is fascinating. And, and you know, for listeners out there, be very clear, the reporters have – we're not even in the room. We're not even close to this, so we have no say over how the editorial board thinks or what it does. Um, that being said, as a reporter, when I read the editorial, I said, "Boy, that's a news story." When the Boston Globe, the biggest newspaper in New England, and a newspaper that whose endorsement in the New Hampshire primary, you know, is uh, as coveted as any other. I mean, quite frankly, the New Hampshire primary endorsement from the Boston Globe is far more coveted than the New York Times endorsement, um, at least there. And the, the the Globe is saying, the Globe's editorial board is saying that that yeah it's time to change things up. You saw the debacle in Iowa, you see New Hampshire, which is, uh, you know, it does not look like the rest of the country, of course. Uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting stance to take. I, I thought there were one of two ways to go on this. I thought there was they were either going to endorse someone out of the box, like a Bloomberg or like something, or maybe go in the direction of, of what they did. And, and of course, that, that is what it is. And I, that's kind of the, you know, the big sort of national news story of the day that the Globe has come out and said, uh, at least in the, the presidential race, uh, that you know they think that things deserve to change we'll see if it actually works and let's be honest about newspaper editorials they don't always actually move the needle but a lot of people are buzzing about this one
1: yeah and i want to just come back to the the bloomberg um governor raimondo thing just two other thoughts on it i i'd like to hear what was the reaction in the room. When he mentioned, hey, you know, even though your term limited out, I was as well, and I get a third term. But you know what else Dave McGowan is? <clears throat> as someone that I have followed Governor Armando since she was first ran for general treasurer, and they steamrolled over Kerry King, uh, as we, you and I have yeah. talked about. I mean, they immediately established that his license was in Florida. He hadn't been to Rhode Island in a while. I mean, she barreled over him. Um, I think most of the time, most of the time in politics – she has every excuse to either A, wait. Like, Senator Reid never comes out with endorsements early. Senator Reid, so many of them say, we're going to wait to see who the nominee is, and then I'm going to give an endorsement as if that's, that means anything then, right? I mean, after the first nomination. But to me, this reinforces and some people may not understand this, but one thing about Governor Raimondo that you have to respect politically. She's 5-0. and o. She raises money like no one we've ever seen. She, her rap on her is that she is eye of the tiger, all about Gina, and just ferocious in trying to move up the ladder. A lot, most politicians would not make this endorsement of Bloomberg, but that is who she is. She sees the opportunity. She's not, you know, that's why she was a venture capitalist. This is a, this is, it's it's a calculated risk, but it's one that she's not afraid to make that would personally benefit her, and I don't mean that in a bad way.
2: No, your analysis, I think, is exactly right about this. Look, she she is somebody who, uh, and more than ever, ever since winning re-election, and I think particularly in the last three, four, maybe six months, this governor does not know. She knows she's never going to be on the ballot again here uh, in Rhode Island. She's got, uh, uh, you know, she's got, she's comfortable with where she is politically. She she believes she's very much in sort of legacy protection and and legacy creating mode as the governor here. and I think you're right, I think she uh she knows that it would have been much easier to endorse to be the fiftieth thousandth person to endorse joe biden um uh, she knows that she could have just stayed quiet forever. She could have gone with Warren it, right next door. That's right. right? I mean, she's that's the right.
1: Massachusetts senator. He's a, hey, it's the New England thing or or do the Senator Reid thing. I'm going to wait until the field really clears and then once they have the nomination, then I'll give my endorsement. I mean, this, this is uh, this is a gutsy move, but it comes back to I remember back, and I don't want to go too far off on this, but I was at a uh, gathering with some of the people of Mayor Angel Tavares. It was many years ago. He was the mayor. And I was at a Christmas party, and we, Raimundo's name came up, and this person. Who I won't name because it was off the record, but said and said to me, said what you need to understand, and 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 I don't mean this way it's going to sound, but said Gina would run her mother over in the road in order to move ahead. Now, I know people think that's rough, but it's just she she has that win at any cost, ferocious competitor attitude, and so nothing is going to stand in her way. She she sees this as I'm going to jump on if Bloomberg doesn't win. I'm going to get all that exposure. I'm going to meet all these people in the states, uh, in these different battleground states. I, I, I'm going all in. I'm going all in. And it, I, I think it's, you know, it's like a stock. This is, this is a, a good business. Like, this is the godfather, right? It's, it's not personal. It's just business. It has nothing to do with Biden. Biden does not serve Gina Raimondo's purposes.
2: Well, there's a reason why you know in 2010, actually probably late 2009, folks were already talking about this Gina Raimondo yes. that nobody had ever heard of as being the next governor. And I'll give you the quick comparison to, to your story. Same thing with uh, a person who used to work for her in the treasurer's office who had a big national profile. And I remember having a conversation saying, "What are you doing here? Why are you working?" And I know, fine. She's the favorite to be the next governor, but what are you doing? And the person looked me in the eye and said, "Do you think I'm really here to work for the treasurer of the state of Rhode Island?" She's going going places. Yes. And that is the view that has been the view for a long time. Um, and, and I think this is another calculated risk, like you said, that continues to sort of elevate her profile. Um, and and it, you know, we'll see if it works. But you're right. At the at worst case scenario, it doesn't work. She's still the governor here. Yeah. And nobody remembers in a couple of years.
1: No, no. And it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Just a couple of the things. And again, I'm anxious to read your uh, story about uh, Mayor Mike Bloomberg and getting the endorsement and being with her. Now, I know the Globe has not done- on tremendous coverage. But I'd like to have you weigh in. I'm I'm following what's going on in real time. I just noted that Alan Rosenberg, I don't know if you saw this, Dan McGowan. He he is saying that the journal does not uh go along with this Kathy Gregg saying that journalists should be investigated for where they're getting the sources. I don't know if you saw his tweet on that, but um but this whole business of the convention center that there's I don't know what it is of Kathy Gregg, but she, she's putting out that she wants it investigated, that journalists are getting information about who people are being subpoenaed and very significant people are being subpoenaed. And, and, and according to her, it, they're getting the media knows about subpoenas before the people that are receiving them know about the subpoenas
2: yeah i mean you know without going too far into it you know i mean look we're all and and i'll be honest and and tell you that i'm punching a wall every time i see tim white with a story about this because i'm you know i want to play catch up too sure i think we're all frustrated of course when when another news outlet is the journal the globe or, or channel 12 has a story you quite frankly have a you know have a scoop on this yes. and, and so i i sort of respect the frustration but the idea that that you know journalists or their sources should be investigated that's a, a scary and I, I think you're right. I think I saw that the the journal's editor, Alan yeah. Rosenberg, is kind of backing off of that. I'd like—I would just say—I'd like to chalk it up to just all right, a little bit of frustration, and you know, you'd rather just keep this in your email and complain about it, or again, you know, punch a wall. But unfortunately, uh, this is broken out onto twitter, and, and the idea of course that that anyone should be investigated over this is, is is just flat out wrong
1: yeah, and I think also, in defense of almost kathy Gregg, i don 't know why she if someone is saying, "Boy, you know someone called me before I was even subpoenaed I, I, from what I understand, it could be interpreted that they didn 't have a chance to contact the higher ups that they had, in fact, been subpoenaed, and then That's they right. get a call. So just because the person saying that doesn't mean that it's true. But, Dan McGowan, you have to – this is – we are uncharted territory right now with the fact that – and it's been reported of Leo Skenyon, Frank Montanaro. Uh, this is, has even has nothing to do with the Brit situation. Mattiello has not been subpoenaed. You have the people at the convention center. This is on a fast track with the grand jury – and, um, and 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 I mean by all accounts, you know the mold, the black mold thing did not pan out uh, with the whole dumpster, and 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 this is um I, th- this is all the buzz at the state house because none oh. of this sounds good.
2: A hundred percent. This is the only thing anybody's talking about. My phone's nonstop with this, and and I think what you're seeing, uh, look, you're. you're- These guys are getting getting subpoenaed to testify next week in front of the grand jury. So uh, if you follow, and it doesn't always work out like this, but if you go back to the Jeff Britt situation, which, like you said, completely separate, uh, the grand jury was meeting uh, early in that week, and by the end of the week, there was a there was an indictment of of Jeff Britt, yep. so it things could happen if there is a you know if there is an indictment to be had, uh, things could happen very quick. We could be talking about the end of next week, maybe by the time you and I talk next week. Yes. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think this is a, a very significant thing. And you know the old saying, you and I went through this. You can indict a ham sandwich. Yes. Uh, if if there is a case to be made and there is a chance to indict. Uh, you know, someone close, whether it's the speaker or someone close to the speaker, I think that folks will take that opportunity because it's a big, big, high-profile get. Um, and from everything we've seen that's reported, what it, it certainly, at the very least, looks highly questionable what happened at the convention center. And so, uh, I mean, we're all kind of waiting back, and, and again, I'm trying to compete with Tim. So we'll see where we go from there.
1: <laughs> I um, I just, you know, to just to look ahead, and they're not, oblivious of this either but it, it i cannot see a scenario that if the speaker just even one count indictment i i can't see a scenario that he goes to you know the hall. he goes to the, the goes in the chamber in the afternoon and is up there at the rostrum so i i if he if Mattyello yellow gets indicted and i i mean obviously i have heard and think it's going to happen i, I think that same day that there's a change of power. I, I just don't see, you know, people will mention, well, see Nancy State in office, it's it's a different animal when you're the mayor and you have the voters, and, and, and this this is different. This isn't the, the first blush they've had. They've had some problems. They've had some controversies. It's a matter of votes. From what I understand, there is already kind of a succession plan in place that if that day comes, I, I think he even knows that, that it's over and he'd have to step aside.
2: Oh. Oh, I think you're exactly yeah. right. Look, the the when you look at very recently, you saw uh, in the last couple of years, the council president in Providence, Luis Aponte, go through this right, get indicted yep. or get charged, and try for for a minute to say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold strong. He got some bad advice from lawyers and, and thought that he should stick around and. That guy had rock-solid support, at least majority support on that council, and
1: all of them flipped. All of them flipped. You know what I think the difference is, Dan McGowan? Again, folks, it's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe with us. And it's the same thing with Gordon Fox. He, 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 He wasn't a rep. He was still a rep. And he maybe went once or twice up there. But, and it was the same thing. Like John Salona was indicted and he was resigned from the committees and then he still goes up. But it, it, it's different of it, they can still do it because the voters put them in. But the speaker is the leadership position. And as much as Mattiello may say he wants to be in the bunker and I can take it, I, I think just a one-count indictment against him, which seems to be building – on extortion, and that seems to be where it's going they they um they, this is a five alarm fire at the speaker's office i mean they 've never if had this it is if you're the majority
2: leader you're majority leader Joe Shikarchi, yes uh, you obviously you can't just stay silent no. once, once something happens right? right right now you get to play this game where you you know you, you kind of avoid the press or you, you, you don't do anything but in, in, under the idea that potentially an indictment happens, if that does, in fact, happen, you are immediately the person that has to either make a choice. You're either with the guy yeah. or you're saying he should resign. That's and, and right. And Joe Shikarchi's a smart guy. You, you would presume he would say, OK, time to step aside.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's the next speaker, and I think Uchi is then his number two. That's what I'm hearing, that they're already a, a forming a coalition. Hey, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, before I let you go and I want to have you tell people how they can uh, get a uh, roadmap in their – in their inbox you're a big baseball guy uh you know here you have the state of the union last night and at the same time boy talk about a busy night on twitter it's blowing up with what is your take with the red Sox and uh and this big trade with the dodgers
2: well, I have to be careful because they're my owners, too, right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> and the right. Henry family. But but I would just say that it, it's, as a big baseball fan, it's disappointing. Mookie Betts is one of those guys who, uh, you know, look, you and I, I think both agree on this. I love baseball. I understand that it's a, you know, boring and slow game. Mookie Betts is one of those guys who stands out as someone who, you you know, your, your kids would want to see. He's exciting and fun to watch and a great player. And it's uh, it's sad to, to, to see him, you know, move on. And I think Dan Shaughnessy, my colleague, had a great column today that basically said the Red Sox giving up on the 2020 season yeah. uh, that's a that is an extreme uh take and and it's a courageous take given the fact that again our, our owners are, are also the owners of the Red sox
1: hey one last thing uh any any updates I know that with uh, the new superintendent, now in providence and he's going to start uh, in a couple of weeks and Mary Beth calabro was saying you know looking forward to negotiating I, i'm also seeing these paid advertisements on twitter by the providence firefighters that they want new trucks those are those are paid advertisements and as someone said to me we pay the firefighters out of tax dollars the union does come from the money they make therefore the taxpayers are basically paying for these twitter ads but um as you cover providence any update with the providence situation and or um uh especially any reaction on the firefighters uh with this suddenly i mean i of course they need new equipment but uh that i I don't remember that kind of like bubbling has that been bubbling for a while
2: no no not at all in fact it was a talking point on the 2014 mayoral campaign that was a big buddy thing we're gonna get all new fire trucks and all new police cars that was a big thing then. and remember he got endorsed by both the police officers and the firefighters and then it 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 was very very quiet you're this is very new i mean i'm telling you this is this week new in terms of their uh, concern i think a lot of firefighters and i think a lot of uh, city employees and and city residents and voters here are very frustrated with a city a city council that doesn't seem to really have a lot going on and i think a mayor's office who appears to be kind of more interested in bike lanes and sort of little things while watching you know that the the schools be taken over and the 195 land i think there's real frustration from people here um about sort of the lack of movement on anything in the city of providence so I, i'm not actually surprised and i think you're going to actually start to see more of that um it, you know the more you get into the state takeover the more the mayor gets closer to running for governor i think you're going to see a lot of uh frustrated city employees many of whom are union members um kind of speak up to kind of point out some of their concerns because it is it is strange i mean look i live in the city and it does feel like you're you're hearing more about some of some of the um nice to haves uh as opposed to the need to haves uh when it comes to to some of these issues like
1: like the bike lanes dan mcgowan each morning folks i start my day i get the inbox uh from him regarding uh tell people how they can get how they can get it from you
2: yeah. So every morning, uh, every weekday morning, I give you a roadmap right before 8 a.m. Uh, it's it's a rundown of new re- uh, content for me today. We talked about the potential of the governor being the vice president uh, for, for Mike Bloomberg. Uh, then you get a, a link up to all the stories that we're working on. You would have seen some stuff about Mookie Betts. You would have seen the endorsement today, or the uh, you know the, the the Globe saying that New Hampshire and Iowa shouldn't be first, uh, and then kind of a roundup of what's happening. The governor will be you know endorsing Mike Bloomberg today, or here's what's happening at the state House. uh five minute read all you have to do it's completely free just send me a blank email rinews at globe.com news at globe.com and we'll uh we'll, you'll start getting it tomorrow
1: and and when can we read your uh the interview you you did an interview with governor Armando and new york city former mayor mike bloomberg
2: as soon as i get off the phone with you okay. i'll start writing All right, one more
1: question. <laughs> other than joe yeah. paolino was there were there any elected officials uh that were there today you know who was there? Interestingly,
2: not supporting Bloomberg, but Senator Gail Golden was in the room. Uh, she's, she su- wow. yeah, she's su- she's supporting Elizabeth Warren. But oh. I, I saw her. Um, I saw uh, Aaron Lynch Prada, the senator, uh, w- was in the room. Big, very close ally of the governor. So there were a handful of you know reps and senators, uh, but none of the none of the major players. You did see Sid McKenna, who's the executive director yes. of the Democratic Party, yep. was in the room. Bill Lynch was in the room. Um, so there were a handful of, of name people, but no, you know certainly no no one from the Congressional delegation, of course, they're they in Washington. Um, uh, none of the major players. This was kind of the governor going out on
1: her own. And, and how did you? We will read. How did you find him? I mean, he's a brilliant guy. He was the mayor of New York City. He's what he is putting in place right now has never been done before. Uh, I, I I just don't see. There's no way that Bernie Sanders' people are ever voting for Bloomberg. I mean, they will be never Bloomberg. No. They're never ever supporting him. Michael Moore was on the stump in Iowa on Friday night. Like the only reason Bloomberg's there is because he's got a blanking billion dollars. I mean, it's never happening. But but how did you find him? And what is it like between uh, the two of them? Because what, what is it like seeing Governor Armando in, in that, you know, with him and in that mode?
2: Well, boy, you know, and again, remember, this is one one on one or two on one. We're in a small room. Uh, the the number one thing everybody says, and if you if you read anything about the New York City mayor's race when he was running, everybody says he was very very awkward. He, he didn't really like uh, he didn't like talking to reporters. He, he all that kind of stuff. Boy, he's having a great time. He loves the idea that he is this you know moderate darling in some ways. Uh, you, you could just tell he likes to kind of light up Trump. Um, and then when you see the the fringe that he and the governor have that's a real thing that's not you know i don't uh you have to read off of what you what the governor's accomplishments are just to make sure that you don't look foolish they clearly have a deep friendship uh i think she looks up to him and and you could tell that uh in the you know again five minute conversation
1: that we had folks again you can read about it in the boston globe i read it every day it's Dan mcgowan of the globe Dan, great job and we'll talk to you again Thanks so much. Have a good one, John. All right, folks, there it is. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe joining us on the John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. Hi there, Linda. Uh, good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. Folks, with that, it is uh, 1.43. We're going to open up the full lines to you with our remaining uh, time together. If you'd like to call in 766-1380, Talk a little bit more about the President's State of the Union. Boy, what a, um, a news cycle in a couple of days. You have heavy action right now. At the Rhode Island Convention Center. And what is happening with that? The, the speaker's office, Mattiello's office, he is under siege. He is under attack. The Mattiello crime family, they have a grand jury next week. We, I, and I am telling you right now, and I've said it, he is getting taken down. They are taking him down. This is good news. The criminal enterprise is going to be removed. Um, I'll have more on that coming up. But 766-13 if you want to call in. But I thought last night it was a big night for the president of the United States. Team Trump, you're a Trump supporter. That's right, Mr. Mold. Big, big night. Folks, I want to remind you, if you're ever in an accident, if someone hits your vehicle, Frank, you know what to do. Call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. The original, the best. If you're ever in an accident, someone ever hits you, call Kenny and Patricia. At West Fountain, two seven two, thirty three forty. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Let's go to your phone calls. Seven six six thirteen eighty. Good morning. You're up on the. John. Good afternoon. Excuse me. You're on the John DePietro show. Hello.
0: Good afternoon, John. Thank you for taking my phone call. Very welcome. I tell you, the I thought the Trump speech was one of the best speeches I've ever heard.
1: One I agree. The, the whole night was just another level. He he redefined. And, and having the, the veterans there and having the young kid there and then having the, uh, you know, the military guy there and the little girl and then Rush Limbaugh. I mean, the whole thing beginning to end was he, he has redefined what the State of the Union is going to be.
0: Well, like I said, he, what I liked, he basically went after the Democrats dealing with, with health care and the success that they've had so far in, in revamping the health care and also the... Um, they call it uh, uh, the the, uh, the unemployment situation and how how the minorities have benefited, and it goes on and on and on and on. I mean, it was just one of these things that I couldn't believe. Like an hour, hour and a half flew by, like like a like telephone conversation.
1: Yes, and also, you know, the president right now, uh, what they expect? They they were saying, you know, he's going to get into the impeachment thing. He did not. They thought he would talk about the disaster in Iowa. He did not. Um, you know what else I've noticed, and I don't know how much you flip around in the morning, but I've, I've noticed something because when I'm up, and I like to flip around, and I like to watch the national shows. You know, it's, I I don't know about your habits. I don't even watch um, like the local TV news. It's it's like BS stuff. It's it's. If I want to see a segment like on the Convention Center or Matty Yellow, I'll just pull it up online. But I don't even watch all the stupid traffic and fires and everything else. But anyhow. Several years ago, when he first got into office, President Trump would watch and flip around to Morning Joe, and he would tweet about it and insult them and everything else. And you know what I realize is when Joe Scarborough comes on the air, and I don't know if you ever watch Morning Joe, but the first 20 minutes, Joe Scarborough, he is purposely throwing things out thinking he's going to incite the president to tweet about him and the president does not take the bait i don't even think the president watches it anymore um he used to tweet about him and mika he hasn't in a long time and joe scarborough now has become like an anthony scaramucci or a stalker where he is purposely saying things is if president trump is right there and they're so desperate to have president trump tweet about him and president trump doesn't take the bait Far more disciplined now, and he just ignores them, which is the best thing possible.
0: Well, John, also too is that uh, uh, how can I phrase it? He attacks them. In other words, he turns the tables where they're asking the question, he asks them the question, and they stammer. It, he makes
1: them look like a fool. Well, he <laughs> hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, it's as hard. As, I'm just talking specifically Joe Scarborough. He, he hasn't gone on with them since the campaign. So, I mean, he hasn't been on with them. But I'm just saying he he's kind of starting to block out a lot of that stuff. What you saw last night. He stuck to the script. He was right on the money. I think he realizes now why give the other side. They're waiting for him to do something unpresidential. I, I thought last night, I just, I don't think you could have a better night. I, I thought it was just brilliant and right on the money.
0: Well, uh, you mentioned earlier about the, uh, I think the gentleman was a colonel he promoted to brigadier general. Yes. His last name is McGee, the Tuskegee yep. Airman. I mean... That was a hundred years old. Praise God! You know, it's. But the fact is, is that he has his grandson there who wants to be an astronaut and maybe be part of the space, uh, the new space program, the yeah. initiative that uh, Trump has initiated.
1: You know, that was beautiful, and what I also found embarrassing about that was that when they flipped to Congressman David Cicilline of Rhode Island, he he wasn't standing up. He wasn't even looking. He was on his phone. He would not clap. He wouldn't stand up. I, I found the Cicilline involvement in his appearance and representation at the State of the Union, I found it personally very, very embarrassing for the state. Well,
0: like I said, it's, John, it's you – know, they they, they've attacked this president for three years, and, you know – uh, I, I, think he, I, I think he has, uh, I think he's like the Teflon Don. I mean, he's deflected all, all, all our arrows and bullets. And the fact is that he's going to keep moving forward, moving the economy. I mean, people are doing, you know, their 401ks are doing better than ever. And the fact is, is that you know, it's the
1: economy, stupid. Well, and we're headed in the right direction. Jobs and economy. We're headed in the right direction. I like how he still brings up illegal immigration. You know what else? Um, Last night, you also saw, you know, that young girl, where she she's she's at a failing that little uh, girl, African American girl, is at a failing school, and then you know, last night, President Trump announced they have a scholarship for her, and you think of. The selfishness that we see in Rhode Island, where the teachers' unions are so strong, and the failing public schools, and yet they're against school choice, they fight charter schools, the, the, the Democrat Party led by the unions of Rhode Island, I'll tell you, they, they're so self selfish, that it's mean-spirited, to deny a young child like that, like, no, you must go to our failing public school – I, I, I'm telling you, I just shake my head. Like we we are living in two different Americas.
0: Well, John, it's it's come to a point in time where it's sort of like the communist state.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: the state the state basically crumbled because they couldn't afford all their initiatives. Yep. And I mean I mean you look at the private school system. what, oh, what law, an law,
1: embarrassment!
0: I know a lot of likes to tell. Oh, we had we had budget surplus. You know, I'm running. I'm doing a great job. Meanwhile, like I said. The whole school district was, you know, fourth really worst in the United down. States.
1: Fourth worst in the United States. The teachers, average teacher in Providence, 25 to 30 sick days. You know what? It's expensive daycare. There's no one learning. In the Providence school system, that Mary Beth Calabro, that union head, no accountability. In the Providence schools, nine, listen to that, 95% of eighth graders cannot do the work of an eighth grader. 95% cannot. Only 5%. Of 8th graders in Providence can do the work of an 8th grader. That is a complete failure. All they want to do is just keep grabbing more money. And they force those kids to go to those failing public schools. But don't you feel, when I hear President Trump speak last night, I feel that we're on the right track as a country. Absolutely. Don't you? I mean, at least he has, you know, they've worked out our trade agreements. There is uh, the construction of the wall. There's, there's uh, more drawn to um, illegal immigration. We, we're head, the fracking as far as our, our natural resources and the amount of oil that we have. The country is better than we were four years ago under Barack Obama. And four more years of President Trump between the judges and just starting to turn the tide and fight back socialism. I think his, you know, when he said the best is yet to come, what we could accomplish over the next four years is endless under this president.
0: Well, I like the part, John, where he said about the, uh, the judges, he, he touted Cav- Kavanaugh, and I can't remember the other gentleman who was sat right next to him. But Judge the, uh, Roberts, uh, but, I think. Uh, but, the, but the fact is that then we say we have like a hunt they appointed 168 uh, federal judges. Yep. And, and there's more in the pipeline.
1: That's right. I love and, and that, and the, too. That's right. And, the, and, and that's John, what it's too. about. That's what it's about. I mean, and the only thing I, I really wish, when you hear him and see all this, doesn't it make you realize just how far behind the eight ball Rhode Island is? Well,
0: keep supporting, keep supporting the progressives, and you'll have, you'll have, you'll, be, you'll become the, the United Socialist States of America.
1: You're right. You're right. I, I hope. Thank you for the call. I hope people start to wake up. I mean, that's, that's what I see. When I see, hello there, there's uh, Don Cachiri, and there's Ann, and good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. You know, I think people are waking up and they're saying, enough of Pork Boy, enough of Cicilline. Enough. Look at Raimondo. She's already punching her ticket out of here, right? She's saying to Bloomberg, I'm with you. Where do you need me to go? Get me out of here. So uh, the rest of the state, folks, we have to break this grip. Of the illegals, the socialists, the progressives, the corruption of the unions, it has to come to an end. This portion of the John DiPietro Show is brought to you by Kay's. Remember, whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, stop by K's. They're waiting for you. I want to say hello to Jessica who's so terrific. I'll tell you, I love Kay's. What a great vibe. Delicious steak sandwiches, delicious pastrami. Someone said to me, Juan, what do you have when I said there? I said, you know, anything on the menu is good. Allison and Nicole and Kim and Donna. And uh, Faye behind the bar and Danny in the kitchen, a gift certificate always makes a great gift. Stop by Kay's. They're waiting for you right across from CVS on Cass Avenue. I love Kay's. All right, folks, 766 if you want to get in a last-minute comment. But, again, huge win. The past couple of days have been absolutely huge for the Trump campaign and moving things forward. Check out the Facebook page. Check out the Facebook page, by the way. We have so much there. Uh, the information on uh, Cicilline, call his office tell him nancy pelosi needs to apologize that's an absolute disgrace uh how about mike bloomberg mayor mike bloomberg thinks raimundo could win a th- another term another four, four more years obviously totally unplugged he believes all her foolishness um this is someone i she she shouldn't even be there now you see the sound of cicely indian doing interview after it um and then i just posted that stuff about rush that was just so great uh, and more stuff coming up on the convention center. We, we, uh, I, I think Mattiello's days are numbered. I'm gonna stick with I had heard and I'm gonna stick by him. Mattiello is not gonna make it until March 1st. Speaker Mattiello, you heard it here first. Everyone else will jump on. He's got his defenders there Pork Boy, the rest of uh, the PRO crowd, they're trying to defend him. Uh, but his days are numbered. We are, Mattiello is numbered. And I'll tell you, if we could have a real election, if we could clean up the voter rolls. That Nellie Gobia should be in a federal penitentiary with the amount of voter fraud that she's done. The Board of Elections, what they've done over there. Armando, her ste- How about Governor Armando had 60,000 absentee ballots. That's how she won. Six zero, 60,000 absentee ballots. That's ballot harvesting. If we could have a clean election, two things would happen. Number one. Cicilline would be voted out of office. And number two, I am telling you, if we could have a fair election. Hello there, Bendy. If we could have a fair election, President Trump could actually win Rhode Island. I feel that strongly about it. Hola, Bendy. Bendy, did you hear earlier? Uh, I got two calls. I told this earlier. Uh, Granahan kept saying that uh, Ramundo was at an event for Mayor Mike Bloomingberg. And then someone finally called up and said, do you realize his name is Bloomberg? Oh, I thought it's Bloomingberg. Can you imagine? Full time between her and Pork Boy. My goodness, a race to the bottom. All right, seven six six thirteen. A lot more ahead on the John DiPietro Show.
2: Do you own and operate a small business and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data with no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal, with T-Mobile for Business. 401-332-0000.
1: Zero, 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 zero. Hey, for your business, don't forget about Miga, MEGA M E G A MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them at 508-336-2110. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, brake stores. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it at MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 508- 336 for MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Again, folks, call them today, 508-336-2110. They can fix it. It's MEGA, M-E-G-A, Truck and Trailer Repair. You are listening to The John DiPietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. What a week this is, and it's only Wednesday. Pelosi is a the straight. I agree, John. Ripping up the speech. It is a government document. What an embarrassment. So Cicilline was applauding her at that. Ah. Watch Pork Boy would be, well, she has the right to do it. Zero. Fathead. Folks, don't forget, visit the website. Petro.com, D E ocom We have new information coming up on the website regarding the situation at the convention center. You can read all about it. Then also at the website, if you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on podcast. And then you can listen to it. It's all right there. Uh, listen to it at your leisure. You can also contact me there. Read the independent report. And remember right now, again. Um, We have two openings right now. If you would like to advertise on the program, go to the website, depetro.com. You can get in touch with me that way. Uh, Send me an email, and I'll read uh, some more of your email coming up. But if you want to get in touch with me, anything but if you missed the show, there's also all the links to social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. It all begins and ends right there at depetro.com.
0: He's John D.P. Right. With his talk show Oh, it's a talk show On your radio yeah, He's John Petro. Tune in your radio Go get him, Johnny D Alright,
1: folks, hey, listen, enjoy Tomorrow on the show, tickets for Fiddler on the Roof At PPAC Tickets are on sale now, Fiddler on the Roof Tickets tomorrow Call the PPAC box office At 421-ARTS or log on ppacri.org. Enjoy this Wednesday. We're back tomorrow at 11. Stay tuned. The John Dion program is next, right here on AM 1380 WNRI. WNRI and W236CW One Socket 1380 AM and 95.1 FM.